Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh with the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers Baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Soriano Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am joined with... Chris Security Johnson. And pitch hitting for Johnny Max today is Michael Brown from the Big League Chewing Podcast. Michael, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on, guys. Nice to be here. So again, um, you know, Michael's up here just pitch hitting for for Johnny. Johnny will be back next week, but again, this is our regular uh, All Angels podcast. Uh, we've been doing a lot of online stuff, but this one will also be on the regular podcast. Um, but you know, so let's get into it. Um, first things first, it's been a while since we have uh, done a podcast talking about Angels baseball. So one of the first things I want to talk about is obviously. Um, Perry's uh, added some new people to his uh, front office staff. And if you, you can see it here on our live stream, uh, it looks like a diverse amount of people from different organizations. Um, you have international cross checkers, you have VP of special assistants, you have pro scouting guys. Um, Michael, anyone in particular kind of pop out to you and, and what do you like seeing um, from Perry so far in his staff? Well, I would say for sure. I know he brought over a Braves guy too, but um, yeah. I definitely like the any anybody that comes from the Dodgers organization. Obviously, um, given their kind of um, esteem within the you know within within the industry, um, you know they're probably the organization to kind of model yourself after these days. So um, definitely like that. Um, Brewers VP Special Assistant to GM Ray Montgomery. Not too familiar with him. Royals Senior Director of Pro Scouting, Gene Watson. I'm not sure if Gene Watson was around um, for the Royals teams of like 2014, 2015. I believe he was. When they talked about him, he was one of those guys that was uh, connected to that. And that was part of it too, that core group that grew through the, through the minors together that ultimately, you're right, had a two World Series appearances and one, one championship. Yeah, so that the Gene Watson's, uh, you know, uh, addition to the front office, I definitely like a lot. You know, the, the vibe that I got from Perry initially is that he's definitely more scouting leaning. You know, obviously analytics plays a big part um, kind of across the industry these days, but um, the, definitely the vibe I've been hearing is that Perry's definitely leaning into more of kind of um, the scouting route and, and definitely getting a Royals guy especially from around those, the, that time that the Royals kind of had that huge crop come up with Moustakis, Hosmer, Alex Gordon, uh, Lorenzo Cain, um, you know, you name it. They, they really developed a good crop of guys there. And that's, that's something the Angels haven't been able to do really is develop a good, solid crop 
of guys um, for a while now. You know, you get the the odd Mike Trout here, uh, the David Fletcher here and there. Um, you know, but it's been a while since it was like Jared Weaver, you know, um, Lackey, um, you know, K-Rod, Percival, uh, Garrett Anderson, Darren Erstad, you know, Tim Salmon, like, you know. Home <laughs> was, guys that have been, you know, through the system. Yeah, it's it's been a long time since the Angels have, have, have fielded a team of like homegrown guys. So um, I like that pickup, yeah. Another thing that happened while we were gone was Joe had a – since there was no winter meetings, there wasn't really that availability for um, players and um, uh, front office guys. Um, Joe kind of did a sit-down meeting in his house um, with the press. And, you know, we have a little sentence from that. So I'm going to play the first clip we hear, and it's Joe talking about um, just pitching in general. Like the names and optimistic that we can, yes. Um, you're right, it should be plural – we probably do need more than one. Um, um, so that's, that's been the brunt of the conversation. Uh, bullpen also, different bullpen names, really good ones that he's already got. Uh, and we didn't even, I, somebody asked about Claudio. I'm really excited about Alex too, man. Now I've seen this guy and this guy um, could be very difficult on some really good hitters. So uh, already got some guys in tow. We're talking about others. I know he's working very diligently to get that done. So um I'm excited about all that. So obviously at the beginning, he mentions plural, you know, multiple pitchers. Um, we're pretty much guessing it's going to be on the starters side of it. Um, but so far we'll get to like the free agent and the trade availability guys later. But from this point, you know, some of the, ma- the moves they made with Iglesias and stuff like that. How do you feel about uh, the moves he's made so far, uh, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like the Iglesias move a lot. That really came out of nowhere and kind of really surprised me. Um, that was kind of the first big move he really made. Um, actually, the, the Jose Iglesias signing was probably his first first big move there. Um, but yeah, I like I like the Rysel Iglesias, um, you know, pickup a lot. Um, it definitely kind of secures the end the back end of that bullpen um, with a guy that's been pretty reliable you know i've talked to uh a few reds fans uh i talked to them you know a few a couple of reds guys um uh the day that that trade went down and i was like you know what what what, what can we expect from iglesias and they were basically saying you know um yeah he's great like 75 percent of the time but like a lot of closers you know he has his rough his, his rough patches you know where he gets a little wild um but if you look uh if you remember uh in that series with the reds and the braves um and that first playoff series of uh, last season, he came in and like, a, it was like a nothing, nothing game. Uh, and he came in in like the ninth or the 10th or something, that game that Trevor Bauer pitched against uh, Max Fried, I think. And Iglesias pitched like a shutdown, like an ending in two thirds or something. And like, just struck out like the heart of that order. He went through Acuna Freeman. So this is a guy that has like electric stuff, obviously um, he's been a dependable backhand guy something the angels haven't really had, you know, they've had a season or two here and there of, you know, closers that they can rely on. But after that, it kind of fades or the guy fades. So um, I definitely like that, that pickup a lot. And what do you think about it, Chris? How, how have you digested what he's done so far for uh, the team so far? I was just focused on that. I don't know if you guys saw that pennant in the background <laughs> with uh, Joe. I, I think it was like a Midland Angels pennant. Yeah, it was something from like, like seventy eight. I've never seen that pennant before, so I was kind of or James Dean in the background. Yeah, I kind of lost my focus there. But you know, Joe's kind of a eccentric dude with his van and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm 
some of these guys uh, weren't really on my radar before, but um seems like we have something going with the Reds, and I feel like uh, possibly another trade in the future. It seems like they're kind of gelling right now. Perry and the Reds kind of have a open line. So uh, it's exciting. Um, not a name that I really uh, knew too much before, but um, uh, his like he, like uh, Mike said, his stuff's electric. So and you, every closer, you know, they're wild. And that's, yeah. that's every, beauty, every closer has their. That's issues. the beauty of a closer is you just don't know what you're going to get sometimes, <laughs> you know. And another thing Joe talked about, obviously, that could help the pitching aspect of the Angels next year is having a full year of uh, Shohei Otani on the mound. And this is what he said about it. Depends Otani. on his health. Everything I'm hearing is good. Um, so, yes, um, without any setbacks, which I don't anticipate, I anticipate writing it in pen. Um, so I'm hearing good stuff. And just think about all those other names with a couple added via acquisition yet somehow. Um, really exciting, excited about that. I'm eager to see him in a 162. Everybody, you know, what happened last year, uh, whether it's as a hitter or as a pitcher, it's tough to look at that 60-game season and either get too excited about somebody that hadn't done it before or, or too down on somebody that had. So uh, come in with – just get everybody in there well, healthy, have a good camp, and let us figure it out from there. So obviously that was him talking about Shohei Otani. And, and something that I liked what he mentioned in there was that because of the last season and it being abbreviated for everybody, um, you can't really take too much away from um, someone's great year or maybe down year. And that's what's going to make this offseason kind of hard for some of the guys that had really bad uh, 2020s. Is that it's just a, such a short sample size. And Otani obviously being one of those guys. Um, we talked to Rubio a little while ago, uh, right after the season, and he's kind of made the point now that Otani needs to be kind of the um, cherry on top, if you will. Like he can't be a guy that you necessarily need to depend on to be that frontline guy just because he has to prove it first health wise and with his, he can consistently be that guy with his health. And if he can be that, extra guy, then obviously he makes the Angels a, a, a world better. But how do you feel about Otani and then his not only his season this last season, Mike, but also maybe like his his usage going into the future? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty rough. You know, he made those first couple starts of the season, uh, didn't make it through like an inning and a third or something like that against the Astros in that second game, had to come out. Turned out that he had the, uh, the sprained forearm, forearm, I believe. Um, so, you know, never really got going from a pitching perspective and never really took off as a hitter either. You know, um, he really struggled. I even think Joe kind of sat him periodically towards the end of that season too. You didn't really see him as much. Um, so you don't know if it's, it's a, if it was a product of the 60 game season or if it was, you know, something else, you know, obviously Otani has had injuries on the pitching end of things in the past and still gone out and mashed, you know, I mean, there was that day that he got, um, that it was announced that he would have to go to, uh, to get Tommy John surgery and he came out and hit like two home runs or something in that, in that, <laughs> that same day. So it's, it's hard to say with him, you know, he's still a wild card and you mentioned that he is kind of the cherry on top, you know, but we can't, we can no longer go in and pencil him in as like, this guy's going to be our ace. You know, if, if we get, go out and get like a, a certified ace this season, this, this off season, and then get like a mid tier, mid rotation guy, um, and then he comes out and it's actually the guy that we saw in like 2018, then that's just like an, an added bonus. But at this point, I mean, this is probably the last season for him where they give him the freedom to try both. I think after this, I think it's, 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 you know, I don't know what happens, but um, I, I think they, they pull the reins back on him a little bit this season. If after this season, if he can't, can't do both. Do you think 
do you think they'll they'll ride the hot hand? So meaning if for whatever reason his pitching struggles injury wise or whatever, but continues to hit well, they'll lean more towards hitting. Or do you think regardless of what happens, they're all, they're going to kind of move them towards the pitching aspect? Yeah, I mean that's so tough, man. I mean, I, I literally, I would, I would, I would have to flip a coin on that. I would say that they probably would go with the hot hand. I think what ends up happening is that if you can't do both, uh, you know, if you can't pitch every sixth day and can't hit, you know, on not on his off day or the day before, but hit three or four times a week, he's they're going to probably maybe try him out in the outfield or you know have him you know come in in like high leverage situations. I remember we talked uh, before the 60 game season started and I was like, man, I would love them to use Otani in like high, if he can't, you know, if he's not ready to come back and throw five or six innings yet, but to use him in like high leverage situations, because the stuff that he has is ridiculous. You know, if you brought him in in the seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning occasionally, but just use him how, you know, managers are, are, are using their modern bullpens where you bring in your best guy in the most high leverage situation. I would have loved to have seen the angels use him like that. And maybe they do at some point, you know, I would love to have him come in when they need him the most, shut it down and then maybe play the outfield or something, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's anyone's guess at this point. And Chris, how do you feel about Otani's future with the angels going into obviously this next season in 2021? Well, I don't know when you look at it, like what is, what has impressed you most his hitting or his pitching, or you're just kind of like on the fence on both of them. Like, I, I, I don't think, I don't think either's really impressed me, but if I had to say it, I would say his hitting. Well, I mean, you, you, you have that one, what was it? Uh, that one game against the A's where he struck out everybody. So if you're talking about like a single <laughs> of one yeah. or the other, then I'm going to say the pitching because obviously that's the harder thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the harder, more valuable thing to do. But you're right. If you're looking for like for his point of his career, obviously his hitting has well overshadowed his pitching. But, you know. But last season. Like, well, last guys, season. Like was so saying, he's, yeah, he took a step back in, in both. And um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Like. It, but you can never, you can't, you can no longer count on him to be that, you know, that part of your rotation or whatever. Me, maybe like he's not, he is the cherry on the top. So, right. I think if I felt more comfortable with guys like Jared Walsh having kind of this, uh, you know, yeah. having a good season in 2021 and him coming out and producing like he produced at the tail end of last year, if Joe Adele makes a step forward, I'm kind of less uh, inclined to say, okay, make Otani hit every four or five games and more inclined to say, okay, let's have him pitch because we have Walsh now who's who's good enough. We have Adele who's taken a step forward. We have Fletcher. We have Rendon. We have, wow. you know, Trout, obviously. Like, you know, we don't – the bat can can sit. What we really need is pitching. And, and at that point, I would say, you know, we need to just make this guy a pitcher. But uh, No, I mean, you're right. And then that brings up a good point too. If this If this – lineup can produce at the top of the league, you know, top five lineup offensively, there's really not a reason for him to have to bat. You know, obviously you're going to need more work and him pitching and stuff like that. So um, that's actually a really good point. If this offense clicks, like you expected to, mm-hmm. and the names you mentioned, Trout, um, Rendon, uh, Walsh, if he can continue going, Fletcher getting on base, Adele, if he can turn that corner. Uh, yeah. You might see him as strictly as a pitcher because Offensively, it looks like you're kind of set. So, good thing you brought up Joe Adele because Joe Madden also talked about him and his um, <laughs> season he struggled with. But uh, here's here's what Joe had to say. Well, Joe was kind of rushed up there. Obviously, um, Joe did not have the benefit of a normal minor league season before he got there. X number of at bats, regular at bats, seeing 
opposition pitchers throwing to him, that adrenaline thing that you get you get out there and you compete a little bit better with. He didn't have the benefit. No, nobody did, uh, but he didn't have that benefit. So, so for me, yeah, he needs more time in the minor leagues, no question. But he's like, I, I'm certain, given that opportunity, you're going to see what you thought you were going to see in the first place. That was a tough uh, moment for him last year. And the way it started, it didn't start really well for him. And it started spinning very quickly, which happens to many guys that came up in the minors to the major leagues. So obviously he's, you heard it there. Um, he wished Joe would have stayed in the minors last year, but because of the COVID season and them not having minor league seasons, uh, he got rushed up using his words. Um, and he even talked about him being sent the starting next season in the minors. You know, obviously if there is a minor league season, uh, Mike, how do you feel about Joe starting next year with the minors or just anything that Joe said in general? Yeah, I think he definitely needs some some more time in the in the minor leagues. You know, put him in triple, send him to triple A. Um, you know, keep him there for as long as he needs till he shows that he's he's ready. You know, um, I'm really scared that the the first taste that he got of, of major league baseball uh, had a really negative effect on him. I hope not. I hope he's you know a guy that can really bounce back and go down to triple A, put in the work, come back a different guy. Um, you know, but like the things that we saw were not. Not good. I mean, the, the ball going off his glove and for a home run in Texas. <laughs> oh, God. Um, some of the reads, some of his outfield, just like routes that he took in right field, just looked like he was very underprepared to be a right fielder. You know, he definitely needs more reps in right field and AAA, especially. I know in the minors he was kind of the center fielder, right. but I think they need to be putting him in right field in, in the minor leagues and having him get some reps over there because he's not a good right fielder either. So, um, the tools are all there, obviously. He's a highly regarded prospect. I am um, very wary of highly regarded Angels prospects outside of Mike Trout because of, because of what, we've, what we've seen with Brandon Wood and, and Dallas McPherson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's brutal. So I'm fingers are crossed that he pans out. Um, you know, I, I think the talent's there. I mean, he's got legit speed. Um, he's got legit power, um, you know, it's just a matter of, of time and, and he definitely needs to start. He needs to go back to the minor leagues. I mean, there's no, no doubt. And then obviously Chris, you kind of talked about the old school high prospect guys that the Angels have had in the past, but how do you see Joe Adele um, going into next season? I'm uh, Daniel, you were down in the dugout down in Inland <laughs> empire, right? So we got, we got a, we got a little small glimpse of Joe Adele. And I remember being down there in the trenches and just hearing the pop off it, this guy's bat. It was it was something that was different, and um, I think it just brought he got brought up too soon in the middle of a a weird year. I think if he starts during a normal season, uh, gets a little bit more reps, comes up from the minors, playing some minor league ball, it's a different story. So. Um, yeah, he looked, he looked terrible out there though. Uh, it was, it was like me throwing me in a major league game. He was, he was lost out there and right. The ball, off the glove, it was reminiscent of Conseco. It was terrible. Then, and then he showed, he showed, uh, glimpses of hope though. Like when he two home run game hitting that ball to the opposite side, you know, like that's what you want to see. That's the Joe Odell we believe we have. Uh, but now you're talking about, you know, uh, Joe yeah. as, yeah. as a trade prospect, has his value gone down? And I would have to say, just bringing him up, the value went down a little bit. And and then too, let me let me ask you this real quick. 
Do you fault the Angels at all for bringing him up, or would you rather have him been down in Long Beach the whole season because of the lack of uh, reps and everything? I'll go Mike Cassie first. Uh, so, so you, would I rather have had him be in Long Beach yeah, the whole season? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but uh, maybe, but, you know, looking back, yeah, but if you had told me that at Joe Adele, the number one prospect in the organization was just going to be at the alternate site the, for the rest of the year, uh, a lot of fans probably wouldn't have liked that either. You know, yeah. they probably would have been calling for him, especially when we scuffled to that slow start, especially with Justin Upton, you know, uh, you know, having his kind of uh, issues the last couple of seasons, uh, yeah. people, people would have been calling for for Adele anyway, so... Um, yeah, I mean, looking back in hindsight, he probably should have just been at the alternate site with him and uh, Marsh because Marsh was there too, right at the alternate right. site. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that would have been one hell of an outfield though. The alternate site would have been Marsh, Joe, <laughs> and uh, Adams just uh, every yeah. day. That would have been uh, one hell of a young uh, outfield. Chris, what do you think? Do you think they should have left them down there last year, or do you figure, hey, there's no minor league season? If he's going to get at bats, might as well get at bats with the with the big team. Nah, it's a it's a lose lose. You know, what, what are you supposed to do? Your top prospect, you know, it's like, what do you, you know, just having him play some, uh, just get his reps in down at some little practice field, you know? Angel fans would have been yeah. all over him, um, you know, so. All over the management. They, yeah, they did They did what they had to do, you know. And then, dude, this is kind of going to, this is kind of going to lead to our next segment after the Chronicles, but trade value, and Chris kind of talked about it a little bit. Do you think – the, the the small again small glimpse not a full season sixty game season even less for him do you think that all that hurt his trade value going into this off season and trying to get a big fish or do you think he's maybe even untouchable it doesn't matter what his trade value is because he is Joe Adele and he's not going to be even uh, he's like a non starter for the trades Mike yeah I I would agree with that you know a lot of like the you know the the coverage I've been seeing on Twitter and. I go on MLBTradeRumors.com a lot and like look at their live chats and like a lot of the a lot of people are asking on, on those chats, you know, like what do the Angels get for Joe Adele? What do the Angels get for Joe Adele? And the response, you know, unanimously is the Angels probably aren't going to trade Joe Adele. You know, I think just because of this start to the season that he had or the season that he did have, um, it's not going to sway Perry to go out and just you know trade their their top their top prospects here. Um, you know, I think if the Angels do trade some guys, you're probably looking at like. Jordan Adams maybe as a trade piece, Jeremiah Jackson. I, I, I really struggle to think that they're going to trade Marsh or Adele. Um, I could be wrong. I could very likely be wrong, but I, I, I don't see it. What about you, Chris? Do you think he's untouchable now, or do you think he's a guy that should be in these conversations when it comes to uh, bringing in a guy in trade? No, I don't think he's untouchable for the right person and the right piece. Um, it's a, I guess it's a, are we win now or are we win later? And, if we want to win now, I guess you get rid of them. And if it's the right move, especially for pitching, um, I think our outfield is decent, right? Uh, you bring up Marsh at some point. Is Marsh that much uh, less of a prospect than Joe Adele? So if you if you look at that, um, I don't know. For, for the right pitcher, I would throw him out there. And so this is a lot of talk. And I had uh, Angel's top plays on Instagram on here a little while ago. And I and – I, I, I said this, ask this, ask them this question. Everywhere you see on social media, people are talking about, we need to do this for Trout. Trout's wasting his ears. Trout, you know, we can't waste it. He needs to get to the playoffs. He needs to make a run. He needs to win a championship. And then correct me if I'm wrong, the 02 World Series, Tim Salmon before Trout was Mr. Angel, was Mr. Angel for everything, home runs, face of the franchise and everything like that. In 02, he wasn't necessarily the, the main guy, correct? 
Right. So in your eyes, if the Angels make a run with Trout, let's say five, six years down the road, where Trout's still part of this team, maybe he's not the the key guy anymore. He's you know, he's he's a Tim Salmon, he's the guy that's the legacy guy, but they win a World Series. Is that to you mean the same to you now or or let me rephrase that. Would it mean the same to you as a fan uh, winning it then than if like they win two years from now where Trout is the main guy, he's the top of the of the of the roster, he's the face and all that stuff. Does it matter or do you does, like to either one of you, Mike, I'll go first. Um, I mean, I, I said when he signed, when, when Trout re, uh, signed with the Angels, that huge contract for, you know, 10 more years, I, I said to my friends, I was like, look, like, if he signed, if you, if they win a World Series with him in that 10th and final season, I mean, all is forgiven, man. I mean, I don't, re- I don't really care either way, you know, but I think that the window, I, I think that now that the Angels have the best player in baseball, they've had him for 10 years now, and he's getting into his early 30s very soon here. Um, I think they need to take advantage of it now. Um, and there is this dilemma, you know, there's this dilemma of do you trade away your, you know, blue chip prospects to go all in and get all the pitching you need? Or do you continue to play? Do you, do you continue to play your hand as if um, you're building up the farm system? You're signing free agents here and there and you're not really going all in because if you're going to go all in, you would you would you would, you know, deplete the farm system right. to acquire talent. But I, Perry's not going to do that. I think there's going to be a fine balance between signing free agents and developing the farm system. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Chris. Well, I mean, you talked about Tim Salmon. Tim Salmon in no way was considered top 30 baseball player in the MLB probably at any point of his career. Um, I don't – correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't even make an all-star game. I don't think so. so. I mean, we were trying to do it for Tim, right? Tim, to Mr. Angel, I love Tim Salmon, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, even if Mike Trout never wins a championship, I meant he's a Hall of Famer, right? I don't top, think. It, I don't think. Top it, ten. I know. I feel like why as fans are we always like we got to win one for Mike? You know, and yeah. like like why do we care so much? And it's crazy. That's what fandom is, right? We uh, we are so invested and in, we're invested in our team and the jersey that we wear, but um, is it still the same if he wins it in the twilight of his career versus his prime? No, uh, he still has that. He can add it to his plaque in uh, Cooperstown, but um, yeah, I would love I would love it. <laughs> yeah, let's. I want to win now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while, man. My hair is getting grayer because of this team. <laughs> I mean, what, 2014? Really? That's that's six years ago right now. Oh, Coming up on seven. seven. Yeah. That's, and yeah, what really the heck? And we've been we've been doing all this uh Halo Haven stuff for since like 2010 and one one playoff run and that whole time. That's insane. So yeah, I'm win now. But um and then giving up our farm, I mean, we finally got to the point where our farm is top maybe 15. Respectable. It's at least maybe 10. Yeah. You could argue that. Um, so somewhat respectable. We were, we were like 30 or something a few years ago. So <laughs> we don't, I, I don't know. I like the guys in our farm. And then you start – we've developed friendships with some of these guys. So it's hard. It's hard to see people go. Um, I would hate to be a GM. I could never, you know, say, Hey, you know, see you later. Uh, somebody that's a member of the family and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know. 
Yeah, you have the great, you have the best player, a generational player right now. So I don't know, pull the trigger or not. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do moving forward. So we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back with the Curators Chronicles. And real quick, Chris, before we go, someone wants to give you a shout out. Uh, they're liking that California jersey right there. So uh, yeah, Chris always has. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. This is this is for I. Our video audience again. You can follow uh, oh, JT Snow. There you go. So this is for our uh, live stream for you guys listening on the podcast. You can also watch this live taping of a podcast either on our Facebook, uh, YouTube, or Twitter. So yeah, JT Snow jersey on right now. Yeah, so Chris, I didn't know they made this uh, JT Snow fan jersey until I came up at uh, San Bernardino um, at the swap meet a few weeks ago. So, so with that being said, obviously Chris is going to have a lot more with his uh, Curators Chronicles once we come back after this commercial. What's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ, Epic Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. 
now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. 
Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Jersey from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. The football playoffs are in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable this season, from spreads and totals to team player and coaches props. BetOnline gives you the most options to wager than any other place online. Just head over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is promo code ARMCHAIR. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's go! It's a beautiful day for a ball game. Here with you uh, is the curator with another edition of the Curator's Chronicles. Uh, Curator's Chronicles usually focuses on Angels history or Angels memorabilia collecting, uh, mostly uh, focused on the exploits of what I find at the local swap meet flea market. Uh, Today is National Bobblehead Day. I know you're fully aware of that because they've been... I guess you can call us doll collectors, right? Uh, In a weird way, we collect figurines, and it's uh, something that's acceptable if you're in the baseball or sports world. But if uh, I guess if I looked at someone who collected a bunch of dolls and they had them like displayed on a shelf, that'd be kind of weird. But it's acceptable in the baseball world. So, uh, in back of me, I actually uh, had to drive to work to get this out of my office. But this is a little canvas painting of a Los Angeles Angels bobblehead. I actually have that bobblehead in the garage um, hanging behind us. Uh, that's done by an artist that uh, she paints bobbleheads. Her name's Frost. Um, that's kind of a copy of one of her paintings. But I unveiled to you um, a new bobblehead to the collection. Uh, talked about Tim Salmon, Mike Trout, but who is the who would you consider in the top five Mount Rushmore um, of Angels baseball players that we did not mention. Ooh, uh, Garrett Anderson? No. Maybe, though, but that's not what, who yeah. I have in front of me. What would you say, Mike? Top five Angels? Come on. For Gosey? No. Well, maybe. But. <laughs> Chris's top five list is going to look like eight guys in a second. Um, God. Um, uh, I... Who did you say who was on it already? Though did you do we have who's no. on it already? Or no, no, he just no? kind of throw a guess. He said it's not Salmon, but another guy. In well, that it's not game. Salmon. It's not Trout. It's not for Anderson. Anderson. It's not Anderson. Uh, Ga. Not Ga. I don't know who is it then. Jimmy Edmonds. Oh nope. There you hold on. There you go. Oh Nolan Ryan. Okay. Uh, okay Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan threw four. Four no hitters with the angels. And the cool thing is, is that forever collectibles is in, in partnership with the national bobblehead hall of fame. Yes, there is a national bobblehead hall of fame, perhaps my favorite museum next to the Smithsonian. <laughs> uh, 
they put out this special edition and they're going to come out with one, I believe every month of all seven of Nolan Ryan's no hitters. So they came out with this special bobblehead uh, about a month ago. I was fortunate enough to grab one. I think they're doing a run of about 700 on each bobblehead, but it has the scoreboard. It's kind of hard to see online, but um, it's very detailed. And if you're familiar with Forever Collectibles or FOCO, uh, they put some crazy, crazy detail into the bobbleheads. Um, like first no hitter, everything is on point. Um, but definitely can't think about Angels baseball without Nolan Ryan. Um, if you collect bobbleheads out there, um, this is a national holiday. What is your favorite bobblehead? I guess uh question to Mike. Do you collect bobbleheads? I have a few. Um Probably the, fir- the my favorite one is the Mike Trout. I'm not a big collector of bobbleheads, but I have okay. the Mike the first Mike Trout bobblehead. Where, uh, it was commemorating his Rookie of the Year award. It's the, the one catch? where he's like, yeah, the wall catch. That's probably wall my favorite, catch. just because it's like a it's like an action bobblehead. It's not just like a guy just like standing there with a bat or like in a pitching mm-hmm. motion. He's like actually against the wall. Definitely the most uh, valuable uh, Mike Trout bobblehead for sure. I think he goes about like seventy on average. So yeah, nice. So Chris Daniel? is our, our bobblehead expert over here. You know, I don't have like again, I'm like kind of like Mike, I don't have a huge when I say huge, like I look at, you know, obviously Chris's and I look at um Johnny's collection of bobbleheads and I I don't have that kind of a collection yet. But you know, I we got a my wife and I got a um uh, a bobblehead at the stadium. So it's a bigger bobblehead. It's not the stadium giveaway ones, it's one it's one that you that uh we bought from the team store, and I believe is the one where he's holding two and the both MVP awards um, in each hand. Yeah, they were doing that. They were doing that whole run of bobbleheads that they you could buy that were a little bit bigger, and they did like the Pilgrim Mike Trout. They yeah, did, like, see, Mike Trout in a boat. Mike Trout surfing stuff got out of control, man. They didn't even <laughs> cut that out for sure. Uh, shout out to my wife. She's watching. Yeah. She says Mike the Mike Trout cycle bobblehead. She says that because she was there. Uh, so that was that's kind of a cool thing. You're there, and then the next season there's a there's a, a bobblehead that commemorates it too. So I can understand that one. But yeah. Uh, Bobbleheads are cool and fun to 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 collect, but I'm not like Johnny and, and Chris where I have a huge collection or one that's yeah so more so much more uh, sentimental. Uh, what I do like about the Angels is that they only put out maybe three to four a year. While we you have the Dodgers, like, Dodgers are like putting that? out like Dodgers are putting out bobbleheads of no names, like backup uh, catcher, <laughs> whatever it may be. And, like, what am I supposed to do? How many cases do I have to buy if I'm a Dodgers fan? I'm not dedicate rooms and wings of a house to a bobblehead collection. The only bobblehead that was a stadium giveaway that I still have not um, been able to attain is they put out a Darren Erstad that was part of the Periwinkle set. I think I believe it was, like, 2000, possibly, I think, 2001. There is a Anderson, a Salmon, and there was a Erstab, but the Erstab was only given out to season ticket holders. It was a run of like less than 5,000. So those are hard to come by, even though the salmon and the Erstab look exactly the same. A generic little kind of round white dude, right? And uh, <laughs> so every time I see a salmon, like at the swap meet or on eBay, I'm like, oh, there's the Erstab. Uh, it's just the it's a, regular. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, how they look kind of generic, because I was looking at, uh, I don't remember who, some, some Angel fan on Twitter the other day, they posted a picture of their bobbleheads. 
And they had like the pool holes, like 3000 hit one. And, it, and out of the corner of my eye, I was like, is that Rendon? Is that a Rendon bobblehead? Because <laughs> he had like the goatee. He had like the goatee. I was like, oh, it's like pool holes, but it looked it's like Rendon. Same, it's, a, it's the same bobblehead mold in China right now. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, let me, ask, you, yeah. let me ask you this, Mike, real quick. How do you, Chris said that he likes the, the, Angels only putting out, you know, three or four. Now, granted, you're not in California, so you don't have the availability to go to games. But if you were in California, would you rather have it where Angels put out, like the Dodgers, 10, 12 per year? Or do you like the idea of, uh, you know, three or four per year? Yeah, I think it's more special when it's just a few of them. I would like to see them get a little more creative with the bobbleheads, though. Uh, I feel like they've kind of lacked something the last few years. Um they had like a Mike Trout Game of Thrones one, right? Recently, too, or something yeah. like that. I, was like, I think that was an in stadium buy. Yeah, I don't think that was a stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was Forever Collectibles. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those, so, those, and the, those ones are good. The, the ones you buy in the stadium, they're legit because we bought, like I said, we bought one and it's it's awesome. But yeah, you're right. The ones that you get in stadium are lacking kind of, not only, I, I, like, the creativity of what the theme is is one thing, but the actual execution of it where it's, not very well, you know, painted. There's flaws here and there. That's a whole different thing. I wish they would kind of tighten up if since they're only going to do, you know, four or five per year instead of 12. Yeah, just yeah, real quick. Get, I yeah. got this. I got this first. Uh, I think this is the first bobblehead here. Where's, that, where, where's the bat? Where's the arm? Where's it the fell arm? off. I, I got to get, I got, I got, I got to get some, I got to get some super glue. <laughs> I have, I have two of these and Dude. in both, in both cases, the arm, the arm fell off. So oh, that's exactly what we're talking about. The quality isn't great when it comes right. to well, giving those bobbleheads were made by this company called Sloan's. And if you go on like on forums of bobbleheads, people just clown on Sloan's. It's, is that cheap? Clones. Yeah, you're right. Oh. I said Sloan's, clones, uh, cheap bobbleheads. It's janky. But what I do need them to do, and they actually did a Nolan Ryan stadium giveaway, is that we have not spent a lot of time on past Angels uh, historical uh, figures, right? Is there a Reggie Jackson bobblehead? Is there a Wally Joyner? Is there a yep. Gene Autry? Is there a Jim Fergosi? Um, we can go on and on right here. Um, yeah. They did a set at the very beginning with uh, Carew, Gritch, and um, Downing, which I did respect. Right at the beginning, pretty solid bobbleheads from there. Nothing. Um, Dod- the Dodgers gave Howie Kendrick a bobblehead his first season. And then <laughs> all we gave Howie Kendrick is a stadium giveaway. You probably don't even remember. A kite. A kite. A kite. <laughs> and it had his jersey on the back. That's what we gave Howie Kendrick. And uh, looking yeah, back fine. as he just retired, I'm like, that's all we could honor Howie Kendrick with? Jeez. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, yeah. that's my case. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Curator's Chronicles. Let's go! And so we are back. And obviously the next thing we want to talk about, and we kind of tease it a little bit, is the trade talks. Obviously the, the, the Pirates – not Pirates, sorry. I saw this on the screen. Obviously the Padres got it started with the trade for uh, for you, Darvish, and for uh, – God, why am I blanking? Who, else, who was the first one they got? Uh, uh, Blake Snell, right? Blake Snell, there it is. 
So yeah, I'm some guy you want to play for. Snail, you know, the Snailzilla, yeah, whatever his Twitter candle is. Yeah. So obviously the Angels are in the market for pitching, and we've, we've talked about that at nauseum, and I'm sure a lot of people have uh, talked about um, that. So obviously I put a little list up here online. Um, it's not everybody, but it's kind of the main guys that have been talked about. I want to talk about the pitchers first. I put Wilson Contreras on there too, but we'll get to him in a second. But uh, first, pitching-wise, Mike, who do you want them to see target and who do you think will probably be the best uh, target for them to do, for them to go after? Um, So I think the most realistic get out of this is probably Joe Musgrove, Um, just considering that the Pirates just traded Josh Bell, their first baseman, to the Nationals a few weeks ago. It looks like they're, you know, definitely in a rebuilding mode um, and probably looking to shed guys like like Musgrove and see what they can get for the, for him. Uh, his stats have been really kind of on the uptick lately. Um, he was the guy that went from the Astros to the Pirates in the Garrett Cole trade. So he was a highly touted guy. Um, he's still pretty young. Uh, yeah, you have here 28 years old. Has really good stuff. Um, I'm not hoping the Angels get him as like the main highlight of the of the offseason. I think he's a nice complimentary piece, really nice complimentary piece. Um, so I think he's real the most realistic out of these guys. Obviously, Perry could go back to the Reds and say, "Hey, give me Luis Castillo or Sonny Gray." I think Luis Castillo is going to demand uh, quite the haul. Um, probably even looking at somebody like Joe Adele, maybe going back to, to to Cincinnati in a trade like that. He's super young. He's controllable for you know four more seasons, three or four more seasons, uh, electric stuff. He's probably the ace of that red staff now that uh, Bauer is gone. So uh, I like Musgrove and and Castillo here. Sonny Gray would be nice. Probably wouldn't take as much to get Gray. Probably more realistic than Castillo, considering we were just talking about how we don't think Perry's going to trade Adele. Um, So those are kind of my thoughts on those three guys. You know, obviously Musgrove being from the Pirates, um, 28 years old, controlling it under 2023. And some people were saying, you know, why would they give up a player with, you know, what's in essence going to be 23 or three years of control left. And that's exactly what they did with uh, Chris Archer. So they have kind of a, um, you know, they've done it before. There's president president for it. So um, we'll see how that goes. I've always been a fan of Sonny Gray. I always knew, even back when he was in New York and he was struggling, I, I always felt it was a, a scenery thing, and I think when he went to uh, the Cincinnati Reds, it proved that. Uh, a little bit older, again, if you're watching online, uh, 31 years old. These are all ages at the time of uh, the season starts. So uh, I think Luis Castillo is technically 27 right now, but he's going to be 28 by the time the season starts next year. Um, but, yeah, I, I honestly think Gray makes at least the most sense for me because you are able to have a guy that's a real reliable pitcher. Again, he's probably not going to be an ace type guy, but I think a guy that adds a lot of depth to the to the to the roster, and probably isn't going to require that much going back to Cincinnati because of you know him being thirty one years old and over that you know pitching you know over the hill if you will for pitchers at that thirty year old mark. Um, but you know Luis Castillo again, like you mentioned, he's probably the the best pitcher of that of that roster now because of the Bauer free agency, but Musgrove, I, I would like it. I, I get worried because of what's going to have, just like with uh, Castillo, I'm worried about what the cost would be. I don't want to mortgage the future for one of these pitchers. I think Gray can be a good middle ground when it comes to all that. Chris, is there anyone on this list or, or someone in the back of your head that you, you, you know, that you want to see the angels go after? I don't know if I want to see, like, per se, see the Angels go after him, but if I had to say if anyone's going to be an Angel off this list, 
uh, it's going to be Contreras just because of Joe's, um, you know, knowledge of who he is as a player and all that. I know he's had framing issues as a catcher over the last few years, but uh, I, I could see that partnership just because of their time in Chicago, knowing who he is and maybe Joe's stature on the Angels kind of urging uh, Perry to sign someone like Contreras, even though I don't see that as like a central need to what we right. have going on here. And, um, and it just seems, and it seems more of a tar- it seems more of a, you know, you know, slam dunk to me than the, the other three. But yeah, I'd rather have a Sunny Gray. Uh, we don't have to give it a, a, get like, it's still a name, but it, we don't have to give up as much for sure. Yeah, and that's the one thing about Wilson Contreras. Obviously, that's kind of the rumor going around right now in, you know, Angel land as far as him coming over. Um, the Angels, you know, their farm system, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. They are respectable, um, which they haven't been in a long time. But are you, and I asked Mike this, are you willing to give up that kind of quote-unquote respectability for a catcher when your needs are so much on the pitching side of, of the team? Uh, it's tough, man. I mean, Wilson Contreras is tantalizing. You know, he's probably like a top three or four catcher in, in all of baseball. You know, he probably sits somewhere outside of uh, Rio Muto and Grandal. Um, you know, he's got a great bat. Yeah, the pitch framing has, has been an issue. His, cat, his, his skills behind the plate have been an issue. But he's also got like a cannon of an arm. I think his caught stealing percentage went up last season. So he's, he's, he's definitely shown some strides in terms of um, becoming a better guy behind the plate. But, yeah, if we're, if we're going to trade pieces from the farm system, guys like Jordan Adams, maybe guys like Brandon Marsh, um, I definitely would want um, pitching coming back uh, in, a, in a deal. You know, another guy that we didn't, you didn't have on there um, is Herman Marquez from the Rockies. So uh, Angels Twitter, other, other folks on Angels Twitter have been bringing up his name for months now. And I've never once seen a report saying that the Rockies are interested or taking, um, you know, proposals on Herman Marquez. So I don't buy into the Marquez thing at all. Um, I just think that that's kind of an uh, people believe that the Rockies are going to start get, uh, letting go of pieces. People believe the Rockies are going to trade Nolan Arenado. People think the, the Rockies are going to trade Trevor Story. Um, until I hear reports that that's actually what's going to happen, um, I, I don't think Marquez is is, is going to move. I, I really don't. Um, so we're, we're, what we're left with is, is Musgrove, Gray, Castillo, um, and the, the you know the guys you had on there. And so one person wanted to ask uh, Justin Howard. Want to ask? Do you think at any point do you, will, will will Fletcher be involved in any of these trades, or do you think he's a guy that's pretty much you know solidified as an angel going forward? No, I don't think they'll trade him. Um, I think, you know, Joe Madden, as as he was kind of coming into being the Angels coach last season, was like raving about David Fletcher. I remember kind of like in the press conference and then kind of in the interviews he had with the press after uh, he was announced as the manager, um, he was just raving about David Fletcher. I think Fletcher is kind of a, a cornerstone kind of piece, you know. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see them moving him at all. If, he, if they were going to move him, it would be for – I don't even know. I mean, he's a major league ready player. You know, a lot of the trades you see happening lately with Snell and with um, Lindor Lindor today and with Darvish, these teams are asking for like low A ball, like even like guys that haven't even guys that haven't even played pro ball yet. And they're asking for like these 18 and 19 year old guys. So there's no way given what we've seen in terms of what people are getting, what people are giving up for Snell and Darvish or whatever that we would have to give up Fletcher. Um, I, I just don't see that happening. 
and kind of working back now to to the Snell trade, and you kind of mentioned it, there was like some top end guys when you saw what they got for Snell. Because again, a lot of people wanted to go after Snell. Were you, uh, Mike? Were you okay with that deal? Do you feel like the Angels could have matched it, or how how did you feel the Angels could have competed with that deal that what that ended up going down for uh, Snell? Yeah, I think it was probably just the fit of, see, a lot of the Angels fans think that, oh, we have this guy, we have this guy. Why didn't this team make a trade with us? Well, we don't know what that organization wants. We don't know what that team is looking for. Obviously, the Rays valued Patino. They valued, you know, young uh, pitching with, you know, he's got kind of like frontline, you know, rotation kind of stuff. Uh, Patino does. And then they got a couple guys, Francisco Mejia, who catcher. Um, and then, a, a, and then another kind of pitcher, I think Cox, I think was his name, but, um, yeah. So with Patino, they obviously got their guy. Patino's like, was like the number two prospect in the Padres, which is a highly regarded system. The angel system isn't as highly regarded as the Padres. So, you know, teams with highly regarded farm systems, people want to make trades with those teams, you know? So right. the Rays obviously saw what they wanted. Um, they, I mean, you know, Perry might've been in talks with them. He probably was, he probably at least had a phone call. And, you know, the Rays wanted what they wanted, you know, and uh, it is it is what it is. You know, that's that's kind of what we have to deal with. You know, we have the system that we have. We have the pieces we have. It's just finding the right trade partners. You know, I get a little frustrated sometimes when you see on like Angels Twitter, people going like, oh, like we can give them Kyron Paris and, you know, uh, Jordan, Jordan Adams and up, you know, and and. and, and and Hector Yawn or whatever for, for you know, this ace, this frontline ace is like, guys, like That's this farm system, this farm system has its upside, but like, man, it's not, you know, it's definitely in the middle of the pack here. So we, we got to, we got to start thinking realistically. How about you, Chris? When you saw some of those trades come down, were you uh, upset that the Angels didn't, couldn't match it? Or were you okay with, you know, well, let's not give up that much? No, I was never upset. I mean, I don't. Like uh, Mike's saying, like, it's got to match your, what your needs are and also, like, what your culture is as a team. Like, I feel like San Diego is kind of developing this uh, kind of flashy culture and, um, like, Slam Diego and all that stuff. That wasn't around three years ago. <laughs> San Diego, like, who, what? Like San Diego is an afterthought. It was a you know like you think of Will Ferrell saying Santiago, you know, like an anchorman. <laughs> like it was not it was not a premier a landing spot other than like the weather and location. So for them to come in and they were they were like a sexy they're a sexy team now, and to get Snell Snell's like a you know go getter kind of dude, little you know. Yeah pretty verbal and stuff like that. So he matches that culture. And I feel like if a guy doesn't match your culture, even if he's good, it's not worth going after. And I think uh, Perry and Joe are all about that. They're talking about guys, not just like their numbers. It's about who they are on the field, their character and stuff like that. And if they don't match that, then I just don't think it's a worthy trade target. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like, like Mike saying, like angel fans think that, you know, we could trade. So like David Fletcher for like a Clayton Kershaw and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just not, it's not feasible. Um, yeah. So it's like, of- it's like, you know, we all play fantasy football, stuff like that. It's like, we can't, <laughs> we can't do that stuff. People, people don't accept those trades. Yeah. So, so kind of moving forward and you kind of mentioned it a little bit with the um, character, you know, 
quote unquote character stuff. Um, that brings us to our next topic is possible free agent, free agent targets. Um, you know, we could talk about Bauer obviously being the most sought after free agent, but here's some of the other guys again, just guys that on top of my head, I put out there. If you have any other guys, go ahead and mention them. But, um, you know, Mike, free Trevor agent Bauer. targets. Yeah, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor Bauer. Bauer. We haven't said his name the whole time. I can't believe that. Yeah, I know. He must be hating life. Oh, um, I, hey, Trevor, you, are you listening, buddy? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, possible, possible free agent targets. Um, besides, obviously, Trevor Bauer, you know, you have Jake Odorizzi, uh, James Paxton, and, and some other guys. Uh, free agency-wise, Mike, what do you think the Angels should go after, and what do you think makes the most realistic, you know, obviously because of probably what they're going to ask for, makes the most sense for the Angels to go after? Yeah, it's it's tricky. You know, um, I know Artie still probably doesn't want to go over the luxury tax um, and Bauer, his asking price uh, has been pretty high, you know, reportedly. So uh, I think he wants to break like Garrett Cole's average annual value of like 36 million that. a year or something like that. No so he, he's not he's not going to get that. No. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough. You know, I think um, I wouldn't mind. um Oda Rizzi, um, you know, he's been, you know, uh, he's had kind of up and down seasons as you have here, 2020 bad, 2019 great. But I think he's been pretty consistent. He provides innings. Um, you know, this if, if we can get somebody like him and then trade for somebody like Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo or something like that, I think that's a, that's that's I think that's OK. But I still think they need the top tier guy. I still think Bowers is the top tier guy. You know, he comes with a lot of baggage, obviously. He comes with a lot of strings attached. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, he won the Cy Young last, last season and he's miles above kind of anybody that we currently have. So, um, it would definitely be Bauer. And then if they could maybe sign like a guy like Odorizzi, Quintana, but that might be too much. You know, that, that might go over the luxury tax at that point. So. It's going to be it's going to be tricky how Perry pieces pieces this together. I think it's going to be a trade and a signing. It's just I don't know who those who those guys are. Chris, who do you want to see again besides Bauer? Because again, Bauer is the obvious answer to a lot of these questions. But besides Bauer, who do you think the Angels should go after in the free agency market? I mean, when you're looking at Odorizzi, um, if you look at his, I don't have it in front of me, but if you look at his career numbers, ERA, things of that sort, they're just right along where Bauer's at. And I think Bauer's increased his value um, through all his social media, through his talk, his astro bashing. He created a persona that has increased his value by millions, which is insane. So he's not, he's, he's like the, he's the pitcher of the hour. Um, but outside of, you know, this year and a couple of years, like he's, I mean, he's Jake Odorizzi right now, but we don't know who he's not. The, he's not the household name right now. And so that's who I'd go after for sure. Yeah. Odorizzi again, 31 years old. So over the kind of what we were talking about with like Sonny Gray, like kind of over that 30 year old hump over the hill for pitchers. But um, again, like, you know, bad 2020, but that it's only with so much grain of salt because, you know, such 2020 a- was bad. It was just in bad, general, right? <laughs> in general. But Did no, you're right. have a good 2020. Yeah. Okay. So, Thank you. Know, you. We'll, okay. we'll see what happens there. You know, Jose Quintana, the guy that, you know, at the time when he went into the Cubs was so sought after, it was kind of crazy. And then uh, James Paxton, which I have not been a huge fan of. Like, I understand he's a good pitcher. I think he's kind of overrated. 
Um, I think I, I was on Mike's podcast. The first time I was on Mike's podcast, one of the things he asked me if someone that was overrated, and I was like, oh, yeah, James Paxton. He's okay, <laughs> but he's not like a top one or two in my eyes. And yeah. he's had injury issues, and it's kind of like, you know, and again, same thing with Tanaka. You just kind of feel like there's a possible arm issue down the line because I think uh, if I remember correctly, he has – he's been taking like PRP shots in the arm. And so, you know, Tommy John is always seems like a, a pitch away. And with the Angels luck, that's probably the first pitch. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to see how that goes. But, you know, free agency market is outside of Bauer. You know, I don't think is 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 great. You know, I think it's average. I don't think it's a great free agency, free agency market once, you know, you get like those Strowmans that – I took the qualifying offer and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the free agent market kind of works its way out uh, pitching wise. But I, I agree with Mike completely. I think it honestly, it's going to be one of those things where um, I think you're going to have to piece it together as far as one signing and one trade. Um, I don't see him going to signings because if you're going to get any one of those guys, you know, any combination of those two guys is going to put a payroll where Artie might not feel a hundred percent comfortable um dealing with and, and again obviously that's the number one thing so we'll see what happens there um you know and then soon as something happens bauer signs somewhere else or bauer signs with the angels or whatever you know obviously we'll be here uh doing a podcast talking about it and we'll be rejoicing and lighting off fireworks and crap and, you know. but don't you think bauer wants to come to the angels for the lone fact that he's in the al west and he could just troll the hell out of the astros I think that's part of it, but part of me also thinks like if he goes and again with the Mets trade today with Carrasco and Lindor, and then possibly going after Springer and that kind of I don't know. Yeah, if that's like, they're all there. I don't, sure. don't want to say tying up their payroll because their payroll can be whatever they want with the new owner. Yeah, but him and Garrett Cole don't get along, and that's been public for a while. Going back to the UCLA days, they just they were just two totally separate personalities. From what I understood, uh, Bauer was kind of like that smart you know, nerdy kind of kid and, and and Cole was the jock. So they just never really got along. Would it surprise me if he signs to for the Mets so he can outpitch Cole in New York in the biggest market out there? The like that would, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me and kind of stick it. And again, I think that's why those reports came out for this, his AAV higher than Cole. Wouldn't you think he would love to stick that to Cole? Like, yeah, I made more than you. So, you know, I, there's a lot of – you know. Yeah, I I think the more we we get into, I think the more honestly, the more this offseason goes keeps kind of rolling and, and Bauer isn't signed. And you you also look at guys like Springer and Real Muto, who it's like crickets with them right now. You have no idea what's going on. But the, with Bauer in particular, um, I feel like there's gonna there's gonna be a dark horse team that's gonna come out at the last minute you know, a week before spring training and offer him some sort of ridiculous deal. And it's not going to be the angels. It's not going to be the Mets. It's not going to be the blue Jays. It's just going to be like, Oh, here, here come the white Sox with a, 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 car, a truck load full of cash. Cause I feel like Bauer is like waiting, kind of just sitting there and kind of knowing who he is and knowing his personality and how he proceed, how he kind of conveys himself on social media. He's probably just kind of sitting there and enjoying kind of all like the, the traction that he's getting with all his, all his oh, videos right now yeah. and all his like predictions, like where am I going to sign? So this is going to get drawn out for a while. And I think that, you know, knowing Artie Moreno, he might get frustrated with how long this is going to take oh, um, to sign Bauer. So I don't think Bauer to the angels is like a foregone conclusion. I think, um, I think there's going to be a mystery team at some point that comes up with a ton of money and just says here, let's do it. And he's like, okay, fine. Um, 
I, yeah, I, I just don't see it as like the Angels and the Mets. So there's got to be there, there has to be somebody else out there lurking. And then too, like, and let's not forget the fact that you know um, Callaway, the pitching coach for the Angels, was also the pitching coach for the Indians when Bauer was there, and they have had conflict together. So is that something mm-hmm. where? Um, Maybe he pulls back and doesn't feel comfortable going there because of um, because of that. So, again, there's a lot of things that can push him to uh, um, the Angels, and there's a lot of things I can see that kind of pull him away from the Angels. So it's going to be really interesting to see how not only the free agency market goes, and is everyone waiting for Bauer to set the market? You know, like let's say, like you said, if it's a week or two weeks before spring training, are these other guys signed? Are these, you know, is Paxson, is Odorizzi, are these guys signed by then? Or are they waiting for uh, Bauer to set the market and they can kind of um, put themselves where they need to be for themselves? So it'll be interesting to see. So, well, And then also you have all these owners that are kind of hesitant to pull the trigger because they don't know what ticket – sales are going to be revenue. Or, yeah. yeah revenue and so how am i going to promise bauer what he's you know what he wants when i don't have anybody in my stadium so yeah it's going to be a last minute deal for sure um and then also then like when i think about bauer i think about him getting pulled from a game and throwing the ball over center field fence yeah. <laughs> and while like i feel like the generation now probably thinks that's cool as hell um Old school baseball, that's that's not right. That's disrespecting your manager. And your manager is Terry Francona, the World that? Series winning manager, top five managers in baseball. And I don't know if that's some guy that Joe would um, bring in. But then also Joe's kind of a quirky dude, and he probably could tame someone like a Bauer um, or temper him a little bit and get that buy-in. So I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know if that it's a good marriage or not. So moving forward now, and again, obviously the free agency market is going to be really interesting uh, um, for the next month or so. And I look at the calendar. It's like a month and a half until spring training. It's like, what? Did, yeah. you, I know. did you book the Airbnb yet? I don't know because I don't even know <laughs> if we're going to be, like, be down there. Uh, that's going to be interesting <laughs> to find out. Um, so, Ken, moving forward, another some other news. Um, Howie Kendrick officially retires. Uh, Angel fan or Angel fan favorite, I should say, uh, made his debut with the Angels in 06. Obviously, played like around nine seasons with the Angels. Um, I, I, you know, when he came in, he was supposed to be a consistent, you know, 300, 380 hitter, 370 hitter kind of deal. It never really was that. Made the All Star one time in 2011, but probably is honestly probably most famous for this right here. This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam. And anytime I can needle the uh, Dodgers, I'm going to do it. So obviously, um, you see it right there. Won the World Series with uh, the Nationals in 2019. He was a big part of that. Uh, end up winning NLCS MVP in that, in that run. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Chris, first. Uh, your lasting thoughts of Howie Kendrick and his career. This is how we do it. Um, <laughs> no, I always liked Howie. I always wish he would have uh, lived up to what we kind of build him as. We build him as like a uh, league leader and like uh, average and stuff like that. He wasn't that. But if you look at 14-year major league career, that's pretty impressive. And not a lot of people get to that uh, benchmark. And so 
Uh, he seemed like a cool dude. Uh, I knew every city he went to, he liked to take photography and I, I always rooted for him, I guess. I guess that's what I have to say. Uh, whether he was on the Dodgers, Nationals, or whatever it may be, um, he seemed like a pretty cool class act type of dude. Um, obviously, we would have liked him to be um, a little bit more as an angel, and we would have liked to give him a better stadium giveaway promotion other than a <laughs> kite. Give him a kite. I wish I had it in this room so right now. This is a joke. Um, but we owed Howie a little bit more, and I think uh, when we look back at his career, we'll – it's kind of like a, I wouldn't say a Garrett Anderson career where we appreciate him a little bit more once time has passed and we look back, we're like, oh, it's a pretty good career. Um, I think we were pretty hard on Garrett during his time here, but we're like, dang, we'd take a Garrett in two seconds right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I miss Howie. HK47, out. What, what about you, Mike? How do you feel about Howie Kendrick and his career? Yeah, he definitely was kind of in the mold of, of a Garrett Anderson. You know, he was kind of a quiet presence. Um, he was never like a big, like kind of show guy, um, but kind of like went about his business, you know, pretty, pretty solid hitter. You know, he was an above average hitter, you know, for the Angels, you know, his entire Angel career. Um, so he was always pretty solid defensively at second base. I always just remember him as being part of those that you know, those teams that won divisions in 07, 08, 09, and then in, you know, obviously 2014. The, the lasting image, actually, that I have of him is kind of a, a bummer one. It's um, when the Angels lost that game three against the Royals um, in 2014. One of the um, the images of the Angels dugout was like uh, Howie basically like going down the steps, like into the tunnel. Like that's kind of like one of the shots that we got during the, the, tel- the TV coverage. And I always remember that. I'm like, man, like that was such a great season. And then it ended so poorly. But other than that, like he was a, a great angel, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm debating, you know, like in my lifetime, since I've been going to angels games, whether like somebody like Adam Kennedy or Howie Kendrick is like the angels second baseman of like my, you know, lifetime, you know, it's not Randy Velarde. It's like, it's, <laughs> right, definitely, right. it's definitely either, it's definitely either Adam Kennedy or Howie. So it's, it's kind of a coin toss for me. You know, I, I have, I have fond memories of both. And uh, yeah, I took my ball down to uh, the left, left field line before a game started one time and Howie signed it for me. Um, super nice guy. So yeah, I, I love Howie Kendrick. Yeah, it, it like you said too. If it's like in our generation, um, second baseman angel wise, I think he obviously is uh, that that top player. Um, you know, it, it sucks that he wasn't able, like Chris said, kind of live up to the hype when he was working through the system. But you know, he was a guy, you know, that did work through the system. You know, like we kind of mentioned at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the of the podcast where. Angels don't have a lot of guys that are, are that are like that now, and, and Howie, mm-hmm. you know, besides Trout, you know, it, and, and you know, you have Trout, you have Fletcher, um, you know, and, and that's pretty much it right now as far as guys that have worked through the Angel system that's on the major league roster that developed and and was a really good player. You know, like we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with Walsh, we'll see what happens with Adele and all those guys, but you know, it, it's just one of those guys that. You know, uh, um, worked his way through the system, had a very respectable year. Glad when he won the World Series. I was rooting from in the World Series because of that, not only because they're playing the Astros, but also because of him. Um, you know, I, I played the Grand Slam, and uh, at that time, I remember just feeling really happy for him and, and 
a huge moment, tenth inning, uh, tied game, and, and and putting the team up like that was huge. For and me. then you also have to think about since Howie's departure, who's anchored the second base position, and I can name about ten people right now: uh, Taylor Featherston. Do you remember that guy? Johnny yeah, yeah. Johnny G. Johnny Giavatella. Lestella, uh, yeah, exactly. Lestella. Uh, forget about Danny Espinosa, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, I, well, yeah, and then we have, jeez, um, it just goes on and on. Yeah, well, we have a Fletcher. We have, uh, you know, so it just showed you what he brought to the team. Some, like, definitely some consistency. So, yeah, um, you know, happy retirement. And like Chris kind of mentioned, he has a hobby with uh, photography. So obviously, you know, I'm sure you'll probably. Uh, follow him and he'll see him posting photos around. That's kind of reminds me of a lot of Randy Johnson. Once he retired, he got really in deep into photography and he's yeah. doing that kind of like as a professional gig. Um, now, I don't know how he's going to do that, but uh, it reminds me a lot of it. So, you know, that's going to do it for the podcast today. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to give a special thank you to Mike um, for stepping in, pitch hitting for Johnny, if you will. Um, but you know, obviously if you like what you heard here, Mike does, Michael does do a bigger podcast as far as looking at MLB and uh, as a whole. And that's the big league chewing podcast. And if you're watching right here on our live stream, this is where you can find it. Apple podcast, Spotify. If you're looking for him on social media, it's big league chewing on Instagram. It is chewing cast on Twitter and, 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 Michael, go ahead and tell me, you know, what, what, you know, I know I saw you had a couple episodes that come out recently. What are you looking forward to this season and talking about? Yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting back to like a regular full 162 game season so I can feel like, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing from a podcast <laughs> perspective because, because it was a struggle last season for a while, definitely. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, you know, come to my podcast for like reactions to like trades. I'm probably going to do a, a Lindor podcast at some point tonight and get, try to get that out there. Um, but yeah, definitely cover a lot of other teams. I get guys like Daniel on regularly. Um, also get guys from other teams on, um, guys from other podcasts for other teams come on, uh, pretty regularly. Um, other, you know, Twitter guys come on every, every so often and talk about their teams. So, um, yeah, definitely come along if you like what you heard, uh, tonight. Um, I'm not so much on Instagram anymore. I'm definitely more of a Twitter podcast at this point. Um, but yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. But yeah, again, thank you, Michael, for uh, pitch hitting for Johnny. Um, again, too, like it's also good too, to kind of understand what's going on around the league, not just so focused on the Angels. That's why I listen to podcasts like the Big League Chewing, like you know, Baseball Tonight podcast, like those other big ones, because I want to know what's going on baseball wise, not just with the Angels. And 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 Mike does a really good job of that. So definitely check it out. Definitely check him out on the social media feeds. Again. That is uh, Big League Chewing and Chewing Cast on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. Well, Chewing Cast is on Twitter. Like you said, he's mostly on that right now. So um, I am Dan Garcia. That's Chris, the curator, Johnson. And, and for special guest, Mike Brown, this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. And we'll see you next time.